Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome to Life on the Vine. Like on the Vine? Welcome to Life on the Vine. Me. <laughs> Me. We're the podcast hosts that podcasts hosts that say knee. It's been a long week. It has been. Tell you what, it's been a long week. It's only Thursday, but it's been a long week. Mm-hmm. But I'm excited to be here, Jackson. I'm excited, to, excited be here, to be here, Dan. Yes. This is, this is sort of a relaxing end of the week sort of thing to do, you know? Yeah. Come into the uh, Hannah C. Howard studio, like we said. Nice homely place. Oh. <laughs> In the good sense. Nothing nothing by way of the homeliness of this place has changed since no. the last nope. we, we, we spoke. So. Yeah, and we just get to uh, talk. I think that's great. It's, what are we? It's pretty perfect. What are we talking about today? So, we are in the middle of a season, season, a season which we call Lent. Lent. Yes, uh, which I believe is what you find in your dryer. Yes, I clean that out frequently. Right, the Lent traps. <laughs> that was really bad it was uh but lent uh we want to talk a little bit about lent what lent why lent how lent cow lent Lent. (laughs) this is gonna be (laughs) it's gonna be an episode it's gonna be an episode um but uh yeah i want to talk about lent we're right in the middle we are making our way toward easter sunday and uh the 40 days Give or take, but the 40 days, uh, kind of not counting Sundays prior to Easter, is a period in the church calendar called Lent. Well, why don't we first talk about the church calendar? I didn't know that there was a church cap. I, I did know. I'm <laughs> pretending to be somebody that doesn't, but I didn't know that there was a church calendar. How does it differ from the calendar that I have hanging above my office? That's a great question, Jackson. I'm glad you asked. So Not above my office, above my desk. <laughs> <laughs> this is really going to be. Or, uh, <clears throat> well, the church calendar is a. Uh, it so it follows in some sense our calendar. It's not like different months or anything. Right. But uh, the church calendar traces the um, events of the life of Jesus and walks us through Christmas, Easter. Pentecost and some of the big events and each season of the church calendar sort of has a different idea theme or invitation for us as the people of God as we kind of walk through the life of Jesus so obviously our our calendar begins in January the church calendar actually begins uh, end of November beginning of December yes. it begins with Advent yeah we talked a little bit we about about that Advent yeah the anticipation of the coming of christ it's kind of us walking um in the biblical narrative of the um annunciation right and kind of walking with with mary and joseph to bethlehem and then being in bethlehem with the christ child happening at christmas right and then it doesn't advent might end there right but then we're in Christmas tide. Yes, Christmas tide. So that's a thing. On the first day of Christmas tide, my true love gave to me. Yeah. And I love I love that and not that Advent is a time of being passive 
But I love that the church calendar begins with a, a, a season of anticipation and a season of waiting. Uh, you know, our you know, January 1st is a time of New Year's resolutions and what am I going to do and what am I going to achieve this year. And I kind of love that our calendar wait, uh, begins with this reminder that God has to act. Like before we do anything, before the, you know, we participate in the story, like we, we the first thing to do is kind of to be still, know that I am God. Mm. And the first thing to do is to prepare ourselves for the coming of the King. Mm. And so I, I love that there's that invitation inherent at the beginning of the church calendar that um, God's on the throne. God's the one that moves. God, the, God is the one that acts and sort of moves history forward. And we're right. participative in that. So the first thing is wait. Yeah. Right. So we got Advent. Then we got right. Christmas Tide. Christmas Tide. And then we got... Ends with Epiphany. Epiphany. Yes. Yes. The, the light going to the Gentiles, right? The yeah. three kings coming in. We three kings. Yeah. And then... And then... Um, let's... Period of ordinary time. Oh. We got a little ordinary time a in there. ordinary time. Nothing nice. too extraordinary. Just... Ordinary. Ordinary. Yeah. Um, ordinary, not boring, but... And then we step into Lent. 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 Which, just like you love the beginning of the church calendar being this kind of time of waiting on God and realizing that God has to act. Yeah. This time of Lent begins with this really kind of morbid right, service. Right. Yeah, which is one of my favorite services. It, me too. All time. This year, it was almost snowed out, but... Yeah, I wasn't there. Yeah. It was icy. Yeah. But Ash Wednesday. Yeah. Ash Wednesday. We make the sign of the cross out of ashes, um, which are usually ashes taken from the palms. From the, the palms from Palm Sunday are burned. And then those ashes are used to put on people's heads. And we make the sign of the cross and we say, From dust you have come. And to dust you will return. Stay close to the master. Mm, and that kind of ushers us into this time of Lent, yeah. right? And I think that reminder is so important. But even the um, physical reminder of, of ashes, it has um, kind of a biblical symbolism that's there too. So when we're in a time of, of mourning, Mm. Or a time of distress, we see lots of biblical f- figures wear sackcloth and ashes. Right, and they dump right. ashes on their head, and it's a it's a time to sit with things that are uncomfortable. Mm. If you can think about wearing burlap sack, yeah, yeah. scratchy, uh, scratchy, itchy, you're always conscious. Right now, you're not really conscious of your clothes unless you're super fashionable and you're wearing something i always think super fashionable is like really tight like anytime i try to get into like i don't know a suit that's actually fits me the way that air quotes fits me the way that it's supposed to with the styles it's like (laughs) oh no (laughs) yeah that's kind of true um but other than that you're not really conscious of of what you're wearing um ashes i've never dumped ashes on my head but i can imagine that at some point you just like wouldn't feel the oils on your skin. You just feel kind of dry and yeah. icky. Yeah. And it's kind of the opposite of, I don't know, Tulsa weather and being humid and <laughs> sticky. Right, right. Um, 
but that's kind of the symbol of what we're doing going into Lent. Yeah. In some ways. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's good. So should we finish the church calendar real quick? Oh, yeah, we should do that. Lent -hmm. Lent leads us to Easter. Woohoo! Easter. Then we're in Eastertide. Yes. On the first day of Eastertide, my true love gave to me. We're still working on that. Oh, yeah. Completion of that song. No, I love it. Uh, And Dr. Miller likes to talk about um, you know Easter tide and the the image of the tide that kind of rolls in and mm. rolls out, and so Easter is like the beginning of this this wave that crashes over us as we step into the resurrected life of Jesus with Jesus, and we're kind of carried by the, the 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 tumult of the waves um, out into the world. Ooh, to, I like that. Yeah, isn't that great? Yeah, yeah. I, shout out, shout out to Dr. Miller. D money, D money. <laughs> That's what we call them as uh, high schoolers. Yeah. I think I think there's still some high schoolers that call him that. Yeah. yeah. And Daniel Aber. Daniel yes. Aber has a lot. Yeah, of, he he calls yeah. him. Shout out to Daniel Aber. Lots of different names. Yeah. All loving. All names. loving. Yes, exactly. <coughs> so that oh takes my. us through to Pentecost. Excuse you. Thank you. So that takes us through to Pentecost. Pentecost is 50 days after Easter, and then Pentecost begins a long series, a season of ordinary time, which. Uh, ends with Christ the King Sunday, which is the final Sunday of the church year, and then we start over with Lent. So, um, so and, and just the, the calendar begins with the again the birth of Christ, the remembrance that Christ is coming again. It's it's both the birth and second coming, and then it ends with Christ on the throne. So it's um, sort of comes full circle. Yeah, and we step into it again. So, but we're in Lent right now. So this period of repentance this period of sort of i love what kind of what you said getting uncomfortable right right um maybe just stepping into an awareness of what we are putting on an awareness of what we're living with what we carry with us on a day-to-day basis um or another shout out to d money kind of a spiritual pulse check yeah time to see how how are we doing take our vital signs yeah yeah so I did not grow up with Lent. Uh-huh. Um, you, you did, right? You grew I up at this did. church. Yes. And you grew up with Lent. I did. Um, what is... Let's just talk a little personally. What has what Lent meant for you in your life? What does it mean to you now? Yeah. What's the, what do you see as the, kind of the value of Lent as you think about your own journey of faith? Well, per usual, you ask lots of questions <laughs> in one. But um, to... To it's a st- gift. Start it is <laughs> a spiritual gift. A spiritual, yeah. A spiritual gift of questions. It's true. This is it's 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 like small group one oh one what not to do. <laughs> but um well open ended is good. Open ended is good, but usually it's one question at a time. Yeah, it's one question at a time. I always get that. I, I ask my series of questions all yeah. looped into one and then inevitably there's a pause and then someone says can you repeat that? <laughs> but you, let me let me take a stab at it yeah, or stab at it. them. Um, Lent ha- has meant a lot of things to me in my faith journey. So probably starting out, I was really first aware of Lent probably when I was in late elementary school, maybe middle school. Um. And 
it was like, okay, well, what are you giving up for Lent? You give something up for Lent, and then you get it again on Easter. And it was like, oh, okay, cool. Well, I'm giving up candy. Well, I'm giving up video games. I'm going to limit myself to 30 minutes of television or whatever it is. Um, And that's kind of what it was. It was this practice of obedience of giving something up. Mm. So essentially, it was baby steps into fasting the concept of fasting right right um i didn't particularly know exactly why i was doing it and then i had some friends that were like well on sundays you get to cheat and you don't get to (laughs) do this and i'm like well that doesn't seem right and then as i grew older some people adhere to that and it's not cheating it's just that sunday is feast day feast day and it's like god Christ has come on every Sunday. It's a, a reminder yeah. that that we are living in an actual post Christ resurrection right, right. and ascension world. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so we. Um, anyway, I'm getting a little bit ahead of myself, but yeah, no, that's good. Though. That's so kind of as my understanding of of Lent evolved, it's kind of taken on some different meanings um, for me personally. Um, I think a lot when I was in high school. Um, it kind of became this this set aside 40 days of obedience that helped me kick a sinful habit. Mm. Like it kind of took stock of my life and is like, what is not good here? Yeah. Okay. Well, this is not good. Lent will be a good time for me to like get rid of that. Right, right. And and to work on that and um sometimes I uh so yeah, that's how I would use it most of the time kind of in 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 high school and and probably the first part of college. But then when I got to um the first part of college, I kind of was like, well, you know, giving up stuff is is lame. So Really, what I should be do is should be doing is adding because mm. as as much as I have sin in my life, the thing that really should I should be focusing on is other spiritual disciplines in my life, and those are lacking, so I need to add those in. So it was kind of a launching point to add in a spiritual discipline. Yeah. Um. So I've used Lent for lots of of different things to to add spiritual disciplines to kick particular sins. Um, I've also viewed Lent as a time to just d- deprive myself of something, mm. um, and sometimes that can be a food item or some sort of luxury or something like that. Yeah. And uh, as a reminder of of because when we give up a luxury we know that we can live without this but it has become such a pattern in our life that we see ourselves reaching for it frequently and it's not necessarily a bad thing to have that luxury in our life but what what can that reaching for that something that's not there anymore or that I can't have, what does that actually remind me of? And so then I can look to Jesus every time I'm reaching for 
coffee or every right. time I'm reaching for Instagram or mm-hmm. every time I'm reaching for something and that turns me back. Excuse me, I'm very burpy today. Um, that turns me back to Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've used it as kind of a reminder. And then recently, more recently in in my life, just kind of, um, and, and I can speak a little bit more on this a little bit later, but more recently in my life, I've kind of come to realize that God has worked a lot in my life in the times of what I would call desolation mm. or in the times of uh, stripping away where mm. I don't have something or where I long for something. Yeah. Um, maybe in, in the valley, in, yeah. in those areas, mm. I find myself really drawing closer to God. Mm. And so it's kind of this self-inflicted state of being in the valley so mm. that... I will draw closer to God. Yeah. Um, yeah. That, that's yeah, that's, that's kind of how yeah, it's good. evolved in my life in different ways that I've used it, none of which I think are bad or, mm-hmm. um, you know, that I've grown out of. I think yeah. obedience for obedience sake in fasting and practicing fasting, no matter what it's from, mm. uh, is a good thing and yeah. something that I should do frequently. I should be fasting from things. Um, I think I think adding spiritual disciplines or adding to my current spiritual disciplines is always something I can be doing yeah. and, it, and is good. I haven't outgrown that either. Right. right. Um, building in little reminders for me to to turn to God throughout my day, I haven't grown out of that either. You yeah. know. Yeah. Um, so so all those things are w- different ways that I've learned to use. Lent. Yeah. yeah. What no. about you? Not growing up with Lent. Yeah. Coming into a tradition that does practice Lent. Yeah. How has your understanding of that and your practice of that changed over time? Yeah. So yeah, I did not grow up grew up with some aspects of the church calendar, but not Lent as a typical practice. And so I it was probably college that I began sort of observing Lent. I went to an Anglican church for a couple of years in college. And so I'm trying to actually remember exactly when I started sort of, yeah, practicing Lent. But it was probably around the time that I started going to an Anglican church. And it was sort of a strange thing for me initially of like, what is this? Why is this? What are we doing here? Why do people suddenly not like dessert anymore? Um, you know, <laughs> why is no one eating French fries? Um, but I think it was, you know, so I would say the spiritual practices that I had in my life growing up were prayer, reading scripture, um, service, worship, but some of the, kind of what you're talking about, some of the, 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 the means of, um, forcing yourself to go without or sort of self deprivation or, um, even even just that stepping back and saying, are there things that I am attached to in my life in an unhealthy way that are getting in the way of my relationship with Jesus? Um, are there things, good things, little things that I've become, I maybe have become dependent on or 
I, I think I need, or even I think I deserve, or, you know, are there little things that kind of are creeping in and, and slowly maybe chipping away at some of the, some of the aspects of my relationship with Jesus. Um, so for me, I mean, early on it was, I usually would give up, I gave up coffee like five years in a row for Lent. Um, and, uh, and just because I really liked coffee and was probably becoming somewhat addicted to it or dependent on it. Um, I gave up, um, and, and I would say this is sort of my, my continual wrestling with Lent. I would say Lent is a, is a season of the church calendar that I continue to wrestle with mm. because I am by nature a legalist. As we have stated. As we have stated. And as we have stated, I am not. Right. So for me, it's, it's uh, I think Lent has been really meaningful and, and, and useful to step into some of those practices of stepping away from something. Similar to you, I, I kind of started with, I'm not going to do these things. And usually around food, like, I'm not going to eat these foods or I'm not going to drink coffee or whatever it is. And then sort of began to add in some things. Um, so fa- fasting would be one that, that has stayed probably m- more consistent or most consistent. And not fasting for the entirety, but through Lent at various times, fasting through Lent mm-hmm. and, and adding in that practice. Um, and you with that, trying to add in some sort of like intentional time of prayer or something to kind of go along with that. Um but I think that I wrestle because it's easy for those things to become more about have I like achieved the thing that I wanted to achieve and have I like have I succeeded in that rather than has this actually drawn me closer to Christ? And that's where I wrestle. Like mm. I went forty days without coffee and I didn't get a headache. Booyah, I'm awesome. Which is really <laughs> not not the point. Um, in fact, might be even contrary to the point of right. Lent. Yeah. If you come out thinking I'm awesome, um, and not that, that that's an exaggeration, yeah. but but it's easy for me to get sort of caught up in the like I have to do this, and oh, I I missed today. I I I, I gave in, you know, and and instead of which is just was sin with me, right? Does that drive yeah. you back to Christ? Does it drive you to the cross? Does it drive you to to repentance and to receive the forgiveness and grace of God, or does it like spiral you into guilt? Um, and that's something that I'm better at now than earlier in my life, but that's been sort of one of those wrestling matches for me. So at this point, I think Lent, um, you know, I, I think Lent is sort of a, it's a, it's a time to, for me to kind of intentionally refocus on what is important to, to take that spiritual pulse that we talked about. Um, I think, I do think that even though I can fall into legalism, I do think that giving things up or taking things on is still useful. It's a useful habit. This goes back to our mm-hmm. podcast on habits. Like yeah. sometimes even, I think it's okay to do things even if you have a mixture of motives because the thing is good. Yeah. Right. And, and so um, if you're waiting for, if I'm waiting for my heart to be completely in the right place and completely pure all the time, there's a lot of good things that I honestly am not going to do. Yeah. Cause I, I'm like a complex sinner. Uh, so, um, yeah. And so anyway, I don't know if that, 
that's a bit of my yeah. experience with Lent. So, well, I, I think that you're kind of getting into the, um, I think this is a good conversation for us to have, yeah. For, especially for people who have no context of like Lent or like right. why would you practice right. Lent anyway? Yeah. Um, and, or maybe you're you know not in a tradition that practices right. Lent or follow is not a uh, air quotes liturgical you know um, church right. or whatever. Right. right. Um, and there are a couple. Sorry, just yeah, a little bit of context. But I mean, there's the forty days. You think about. Moses in the wilderness for 40 years tending sheep before God calls him to go and rescue the people of Israel. The people of Israel are wandering for 40 years in the in the wilderness before they enter the promised land. Um, you know, the flood, the, the ark is out there for 40 days. Jesus is tempted for 40 days before he begins his ministry. So, you know, the 40 days is not just sort of plucked at random from... Yeah. It, it there's there's biblical precedent for these times of and I love what you said times of desolation times of um, going without refocusing taking a step back from normal life in order to be to reengage in the work that God has called us to so um, yeah, I, I think, just want to throw in that kind of biblical context for, for yeah because it's not there's no like biblical reference to Lent but the precedent for Lent is. I would say is there. Yeah. For sure. Well, and I think we see that in a kind of a microcosm in Jesus's life and what we're trying to induce with Lent or what I understand that we're trying to induce with Lent is kind of Jesus before and after he does big things. He retreats Hmm. and he takes time to, to pray and to yeah. fast and yeah. to be alone. Right. And I think that that's really what the spirit of Lent gets at is taking time, especially before we're about to launch and live into a resurrected Christ and what that means for us. And, and um, it it's like I said, there for, for me, it's really helpful to induce this time of desolation um, to spool up for living out my life in Christ as um, through, through a risen savior, you know? Um, And in being, being able to enjoy all those things that have happened, it's a time of introspection. And the best way that I've found to do that is to um, deprive myself of something. So, Um. Yeah, I don't really know. Oh, this is what I was going to talk about. Yeah, we kind of getting into the benefits and the dangers of Lent because I think that with anything that we practice, there can be dangers and there can mm-hmm. be extreme benefits. And yeah. so, um, what do you see as? Well, I guess you already told us what one of the dangers is is that yeah. you can fall into kind of legalism. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um. Do you see any other quote? Dangers, yeah, dangers of Lent? I think the other one for me is that it's easy to compartmentalize our faith. Mm. And so I think that, so you know, microcosm would be we come to church on Sunday morning and that's our time to be holy, quote unquote. Yeah. But Saturday night, you know, all bets are off. Woo-hoo! Or, yeah, woo! Um, or, you know, we spend the weekend at the lake and what happens at the lake stays at the lake, but then we come to 
you know, like that sort of compartmentalization mm-hmm. where does does worship have any impact on the rest of our life? You know, right. where we go to worship on on Sunday and then Monday we're in the office and yelling at our coworkers or something. And so I think that there's I do see a danger of well, Lent is the forty days during the year when I'm where I'm holy. You know, yeah. and that's the 40 Where days. I'm working on myself. And yeah, then the, the rest of the I'm year. I'm working on myself and, you know. I live and, into Jesus's grace. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Got, and, you know, 40 years out of 352 is not bad, right? I mean, yeah. if I can, over 300 days of the year, I can kind of. Okay. I had to do the quick math. Right? Is, is I was that, like right? 365. 365. Yeah. Yeah. Why did I say 352? I don't know what <laughs> kind of year <laughs> you're living in, but 352 <laughs> was days. It, was it a leap year? I don't know. Yeah. Uh, Several leap years. <laughs> um, yeah, I, it's been a long time since I've. No. Um, no, but I, I, I but get that. So I think, yeah, that's and and even the sort of the irony of not that everyone does this, but Lent comes right on the heels of Fat Tuesday, mm. Mardi Gras, right? Mm-hmm. So, no Mardi Gras. Mardi no. Gras. Yeah. yeah. So. You know, you, we can be gluttonous and binge the night before, and then we have ashes, and then we go for 40 days, and then we end it with, you know, a giant family meal on Easter. Yeah. And not that, not that that's like, I mean, it's good to celebrate, and, and I'm not bashing that, but I think, you know, what, th- does Lent have anything to say to the rest of our lives? Yeah. Does, does Lent have any impact? Is it is it just a one and done, or is it something that's actually training us in holiness? Is it training us in obedience? Is it... Um, so I think that that disconnect is something I see as a potential danger if we kind of get into that um, that mindset of compartmentalizing our lives. Yeah, I th- I think the danger that I especially early on, or I guess when I was younger in my faith, that I kind of fell into would be that I would wait until Lent to like kick mm. the habit. Right. Yeah. You know, it's like, oh well, you know, it's January, and uh, I didn't give it up as a New Year's resolution, Mm -hmm. but I've assessed this as not really a great thing in my life. I'll go ahead and do it until Lent, and then that's when I'll give it up. Yeah. And then that might have an effect for the rest of my life, or like the rest of the year, because I have, you know, if you practice something for forty days, it's like we talked about in our habit. Yeah, it can become thing. A it can become a habit, right? Yeah, right. And so kind of using lint as a um I don't know like a spray and wash for sin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally. You know? Totally. Um so that uh, that would be what I would consider uh, a a danger yeah. of lint. I'll say one more and this is Yeah. Just while we're, I, I think, and again, speaking from my own experience, and not not that all of this was bad or that I shouldn't have done it, but I think that just just to take sort of one of the stereotypical things that people give up for Lent, and this is not a critique of anyone that chose to give this up for Lent. So this is really more speaking personally, right? But like sweets or sugar, mm. you know, that's a really typical thing, love, and there's a lot yeah. of even good, I you know might say biblical reasons. I just even waiting on the celebration of Easter and stepping into some of that desolation. But also, you know, I've experienced in my own life like 
again, sort of unhealth, like, you know what? I should be eating less sugar because I want to be more fit. Mm-hmm. And so I'm going to use Lent as a chance to get and as an excuse to get like in better shape. That's not super, you know, and not that that's bad, but uh-huh. it's not necessarily, again, a spiritual reason or something that is focused on my relationship with yeah. Christ. It's more of a, oh, this is a good opportunity to just have a little more self-discipline. Yeah. You well, know? and I, I, let me push back on that a little bit. Cause I think yeah, that this please, actually please. segues us into the benefits. Yeah. Of I love Lent, it. I love it. Because I think that there's biblical precedent for doing something kind mm-hmm. of like that because I may not understand or agree with all of God's laws, right. but God's laws are all for human flourishing. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times now, in the last, I'll just say, 10, 25, I mean, recent memory, we're yeah. actually discovering why some of God's laws were actually like really beneficial. Yeah. No, you know, yeah, just even sure. some, um, this is not something that was discovered in the last like 25 years, but some of God's laws around food and how you could right. cook food and prepare food and what foods you could not eat because of kind of primitive cooking yeah. or primitive food storage and right. all that stuff. Yeah. It was a kosher law, right? Yeah. But it was actually protecting the people right. of Israel from salmonella outbreaks yeah, and like right. E. coli yeah. and yeah. all sorts. I mean, maybe not E. coli because they could eat beef. Uh, and yeah. that's a beef thing, but yeah, you know, it's, it sometimes in just our obedience and in our discipline, right. That I get what you're saying that it's not a, like a spiritual reason, but it can allow God to work through that anyway for right. the goodness of human flourishing and is yeah. not the goodness yeah. of the human body flourishing a, um, desire that god has for us you're calling me out on being a slightly dualist dualistic oh which is which is which is good oh yeah okay the separating of like spirit and body yes you know like what happens to the body doesn't impact the spirit it's all got to be spiritual right right that's not that's not a biblical view right we're not dualists so yeah Yes, this is how untheologically trained I am. <laughs> yeah, I'm learning something. <laughs> yeah, I'm no, that's good. Something. That's I think I think that it is true. And um, sort of an aside, but it reminds me of I've only seen one episode, but the very first episode of House. Ooh, if you've ever yeah, seen House, the I very first it. episode, the patient. Spoiler alert! But the show's been out for like 20 years, so yeah. <laughs> spoiler alert on the first episode. Uh, but it's this like worm thing that she got from eating pork. Yeah, right, uncooked or not cooked enough pork. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's exactly, you know, a lot of those dietary laws have real life practical benefit that no one would have known. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think you're, and I think you're right too. I mean, we are <clears throat> even, even that we are like, you know, body, what f- the physicality of our lives impacts the spiritual life and vice versa. Right. I mean, right. even something as simple as sleep. You know, one of my, Favorite stories is Elijah after the prophets of Baal and he's like running away and he's super depressed. And the first thing that God does is to feed him and give him sleep. And then he feeds him and gives him sleep. And then finally Elijah goes to the mountain, right? Yeah. But like those physical needs are met. So um, that's a, no, that's a, that's a healthy pushback. But I also take your point in that <clears throat> it, 
And I think that it highlights kind of the different ways that you and I approach this. Right. Um, because you come at it from a more legalistic perspective. And that's something that you struggle with and that you have to intentionally move away from. Right. And for me, that's something I intentionally have to lean into. <laughs> yeah. Right. Is is yeah. discipline and uh rules and not just throw it out to God's grace and that's going right. to take care of me and so woo woo yeah. live my life however I want. Yeah. I mean that is my um draw like the draw of my heart is yeah. is to go that way. So a lot of this is going to be different for yeah. for each person. Well, and I I love that and I think and again feel free to push back on this, but I I think this gets into me where so sort of a question of if we were to ask, is Lent necessary? Necessary? No. <laughs> Sorry, I won't finish that quote. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> but that might but be my answer. Sterile, and I like the taste. Sterile, and yeah. I like the taste. But I think that's, you know, if... Um, I would not say that everyone... It's not a have to, you know, right. I, I don't think yeah. that, you know, Lent is, is not a new work of the law, you know. Um, so it's are not, you going to be a bad Presbyterian if you don't do Lent? You know, there are some folks who are very adamantly opposed to Lent because of sort of our reformed heritage of stepping away from all of the liturgical uh days and seasons and festivals of the Catholic Church. Yeah. I won't name names, but there yeah. are some people I... I yeah. I uh, who would were very would very much push back on yeah. the idea of Lent. Um, I find I I do think Lent is helpful, but I don't think it's necessary in that sense. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that's where a, help, a conversation like this can be really helpful too, because we do come at it from different sides. And I don't as you know whoever's listening to this, if anyone is, like we don't know where you're coming from, right? right. I mean, um, but I think that just the a, we always want to be attentive to the conviction of the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. right? We don't want to just necessarily do things because other people are doing them and like, oh, that's what Christians do. That's what good Christians do, you know? But we also don't want to avoid difficult things because sort of, well, we don't want to be legalistic now. So, yeah. you know. So I was actually going to say that. I was going to say, okay, that was a great explanation for if you are a legalist like Dan. Yeah. But if you see yourself edging towards the side of license of grace like me then you need to process it in a very different way because what dan just said i know what's going through your brain is (laughs) well you know dan just said we don't have to do this (laughs) and that it's not necessarily helpful and of course if there was anything that i wanted to avoid in my life it would be being legalistic because that's what's damaging to christianity is legalism yeah and I, I do that in my mocking voice because I'm mocking myself because that was what was going yeah. through my head yeah. right now. And yeah. so I, if that is something that's similar to what was going to your through your head, my encouragement to you would be lean into this and right. lean into it hard. Yeah. Because yeah. not because you have no fear of becoming legalistic. I mean, is yeah. it possible? Sure. You could become yeah. legalistic or approach this even legalistically. But the structure and discipline 
of fasting, which is a spiritual practice that we are called to, right. is not one that you would gravitate toward. And yeah. so I would urge you to to practice it, to take stock and, and to just just try it and see if that has any effect yeah. on on um your spiritual well-being. Yeah. And I'll even say I think that's excellent. And I would even say if you are a legalist like me, I would say still do it and use it as an opportunity to let God work in the midst of your natural bent toward legalism to work in you in the midst of something that is still good, right? I mean, I think about as Christians, we're still called to holiness. We're still called to obedience. We're still called to um you know, the the work Think about the older brother in the parable of the prodigal son. Like the older brother, what the older brother was doing was not the problem. Like the fact that he was working for the father and doing the work, that that's not really the issue, but it, it's that his heart was calloused against his brother and against his father um, because he was striving to earn love and striving to like work for the grace that had already been freely given to him. And I, I think like it's the... So I think I think even stepping into this uh, something in, of obedience and and a practice like this, even if you struggle with legalism, can still be really really healthy because God can actually use that to yeah to work in you and to work in me and to um, say yeah step into this, but let my grace be sufficient. And um, so I, I think I think either way, I think there's a lot of benefits to Lent. So I mean, regardless. Well, kind of nuts and bolts here yeah you know uh, we're we're halfway into lent Ooh, halfway there. oh living on a prayer you don't take my hand it's covid <laughs> it's covid I can't, I can't even reach you yeah that's right we're social distanced yeah um so we're halfway through right uh, yeah yeah, we maybe should have done this at the beginning of Lent so everyone could enjoy the forty days. But like, uh, since this is how somebody who would come at it from a license, I'd be like, eh, well, you know, we're halfway there. Uh, might as well not do it. I'll catch it next year. Yeah. Um, is there any reason that we should do this now, starting now? Yeah. Well, I mean, yes, absolutely. I think hey, it's never too late, right? I mean, that's. But be also going back to one of you know what we talked about as sort of the dangers of Lent of compartmentalizing. I think Lent, you know, to me is 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 a great sort of is a shot to the system. It's a great time to refocus to have a period of the church calendar that stares us in the face and says, think about what is most important and yeah. think about what you are focused on and think about where your heart is and think about your sin and the need to confess and the grace of Christ that meets you in that and like be aware of these things and step into these things. And that's, and then again, the, the, the idea is not that that then ends with Lent and we stop thinking about those things, but we continually, and that's the, the, the week, right? I mean, Sunday, the day of resurrection, and then we step back into the week and we come back to the day of resurrection and we confess our sins. So, I mean, every week in sort of is a microcosm, is a parallel to Lent and Easter, right? right. And so it's, um, so it's never too late. I right. mean, st- step into it now, and and then don't feel like you have to stop these things with Lent. Yeah. You know, um, I would I would encourage periodic fasting throughout, yeah. not periodic fasting like the weight loss diet thing that is like all the trend right now, 
but um periodically fasting throughout the year yeah and i i honestly do truly mean like fasting like yeah drinking water yeah absolutely. and, and yeah. not eating anything for the yeah. day like i think you should do that yeah I think that you should fast from a lot of people during the time of Lent step away from social media because we see that as unhealthy. Okay, yeah. well, if we see it as unhealthy for 40 days and we need to reorient our hearts, we're probably going to need to reorient. If we re-engage in that, then we probably need to reorient our hearts at some point in the future. Right. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And so periodically adding things for a certain amount of time or um, striving towards a certain certain goal or um, removing a certain luxury or a certain thing don't be like me and don't wait for lent to initiate that that's not really what the practice of lent is for but uh, step into that and live into that even after easter especially after easter too and it doesn't have to be these big deals it can be small um gestures of obedience right. small things that that lead to to greater obedience and yeah. that lead to a greater flourishing of our relationship with god drawing yeah. us closer to him yeah um i think yeah there's a couple of things I, I think fasting is, is a really really good one and you know if, if you're not sure where to start i think starting with some of the things that are explicitly talked about in scripture is that's a great way you know if you're not sure like ah what should i give up or should, you know just Jesus, we've been talking about this when we've talked about the Sermon on the Mount and such, that Jesus says, when you fast, don't be like the hypocrites. It's not if on the off chance that you fast, it's when you fast, right? The assumptions yeah. that you're going to fast. So, um, yeah, just maybe start there, you know, start with um, just fasting and maybe a day a week or um, often sun, sunrise to sunset. Mm-hmm. you know, fast for that period and just see what God does in giving that thing up. Um, you know, we don't necessarily always need to be super creative about spiritual disciplines. Yeah. Um, I think, especially if you're, if we're kind of stepping into this for the first time, I think that's really good advice. Um, what was I going to say? I uh, um, something that first church is doing is actually starting well into Lent. I think we're starting on the 21st. We're doing the H2O project. Yeah. And that's two weeks of a, um, I guess a liquid, I I don't want you to hear that wrong. It's fasting from any beverages other than water. Water. So it's still a fast where you get to eat, um, but it's bringing about awareness that we have. Not only do we have incredible access to clean water but we have access beyond that to to beverages that we just enjoy just for the sake of enjoying them so this simple thing that we really take for granted is not something that all communities all over the world uh, get to have so through the h2o project uh, we've partnered with marion medical mission and we've done this since 2009, and it's mm-hmm. a it's a call to drink only water for two weeks. And every time you reach for a different beverage, you set aside the money you would have spent on that mm-hmm. beverage, and donate it to the for the purpose of digging and maintaining wells in a 
community yeah. around the world. I love it. That's awesome. Yeah. That's really good. So it's it's a two-week thing. It's If you think that that sounds easy, it's so stinking hard. Yeah. And it'll bring about how much money you spend on beverages no, other no. than, you know, you think, oh, it's a dollar here and 75 cents there and two dollars and 25 cents there and my four dollar and 50 cent coffee you know every now and then (laughs) my 30 dollar starbucks latte (laughs) but those things add up and all of a sudden it's like wow i've got running water at my fingertips and i know that that's not like a super spiritual thing but it's also something that is it's a motivator i think and god i think works through that so that's something that you can do if you have no idea where yeah. to start, there's yeah. lots of places to start. Just yeah. take inventory of your life. Pray about it because the Holy Spirit will convict you of something yeah. Yeah. almost guaranteed. Yeah. Um, you may not want to give it up because you're like, man, that's three weeks of the, without that thing. That'll be really hard or impossible. Yeah. I can't do that. And the reality three, is yeah. you might not be able to do it and you probably can't do it on your own, but this is an opportunity for us to lean in to Christ and lean into the power of the Holy spirit and learn to accept Christ's forgiveness and forgive ourselves and get up and pursue holiness over and over and over again. Right. Right. Yeah. I was just going to say like radio or podcast or not, not this one, obviously. Yeah. Don't give this one. Yeah. But We'll just, we'll just, take a two week hiatus, yeah, just for you, <laughs> just for you. But I think the amount of I know for myself the amount of time that I there's a lot of time in my life that could be in quiet before the Lord that I fill with noise, and that's not always bad. It's not like everything I'm listening to is bad, but you know if you go a week without listening to the normal things you listen to, I think that's a that can be a eye-opening one mm. word that that's kind of all i got yeah i think the yeah biggest thing is just <clears throat> do it do it pray be attentive don't stress about it yeah don't get you know there's not a right thing to give up or to add there's not a Again, this is not about who can be the most creative and yeah, cool spiritual person. Who's the most spirit? Who gave up the most? Or um, yeah, I would even say, and and again, this is not a critique of anyone that says to Facebook, "Hey, I'm getting off of Facebook, and I'll be see you in 40 days." Because sometimes you actually have people you're interacting with, and they want to know where you went. But you don't need to tell anyone. Yeah, you know, I mean, again, center on the mount. Don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. Um, the uh, primary thing is between you and God and how God wants to work in your life. So give it a try and um, that's about it. Yeah. Well, if per usual, we'll give you guys an invitation that if you have any questions about Lent, yeah. if you maybe go through Lent and this brings up some other yeah. questions that you might have, because that's the thing is when we lean in and we give space for the Holy Spirit to work, a lot of other things oftentimes bubble up. Right. Yeah. Right? Because we've, um, when we give space for the Holy Spirit to work, it starts digging around in the garden and pulling up weeds. 
right? Yeah. And so our our job and part of what Lent is doing is and what the Holy Spirit is doing through Lent and through some of these disciplines is um, it's tilling the soil. It's making the soil good, getting rid of the rocks and getting rid of the weeds. Um, you know, speaking about the parable of the sower. Yeah. Um, yeah. And and making the soil good yeah. for for God's fruit to grow in our lives. So that's an uncomfortable process. And so if you have something like that come up and you want us to talk about something, or if you want to go grab coffee with us, we might be fasting from it. Who knows? Um, I'm not. I'm not currently, but H2O Project, I don't know, H2O that's, project is that's I'm, coming. Like, yeah. I need to wean myself now. And ever since I've thought that, I've drank more and more coffee every day. <laughs> you're preparing. You're, I, you're front loading. <laughs> Got a carbo load, man. Yeah, I know, right? Yeah. I don't think that's how it works. I think I'm going to have a harder crash. Yeah. But um, so, yeah, take us out to coffee. We may not drink it yeah. with you, but take us out to coffee or we'll take you out to coffee by you one and uh, love to talk about it. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for listening. Yeah. Thanks and, to, uh, I think we're going to use Eric's Lent. music again. I, I don't know. He gave me some more music, so. Cool. I don't know which one this is, but okay. enjoy this one. Some of them have words, so if you want to, yeah. uh, and, and he wrote them. So, well, I think there's one that he didn't write, but it's his version of a song that was yeah. written. So, um, listen to them. Yeah. They're good. Yeah. Thanks, Eric. Thanks so much yeah. for making this music for us and for, uh and just use it so all right happy lent happy linting see you at easter peace peace good job waiting we are waiting in the silence of the soul we wait for you waiting darkest of all nights for light from you repent repent for the kingdom is at hand call us up call us out make us new
Darkness to the light, now made. 